Hey Zebra friends, my name is Neil and welcome to this episode 97 or possibly episode 100 part 1 of the Kegel Comic Con podcast. We are here in San Diego at Comic Con to bring you a slice of film, TV and pop culture goodness direct from the convention centre to your listening device. I have no idea when you're going to listen to this because I'm going to have so much stuff to edit when I get back to the UK that it's probably going to take me months. But for now... I am very, very, very excited to tell you that today is the first full day of San Diego Comic-Con. We are here in the convention centre and um, between you and me, I'm recording this from the top of the DC booth where we are doing some of our interviews this week with various writers and artists from across DC. Uh, It's very, very exciting. Um, I have a press pass around my neck. It is a dream come true kind of week for me right now, so pinch me. What we are going to do is we are going to bring you a bunch of uh, slightly shorter podcasts with little blasts of stuff from the convention centre so that you can uh, get to hear all the best of what we are going to get up to whilst we're here rather than bringing you like a four-hour epic episode that features everything. So right now, uh, you are going to get to listen to my interview with two very, very lovely guys that we just met. Uh, They are the writers of Batman Beyond Neo-Gothic. By the time you listen to this, the first issue will most likely already be in stores. It is a follow-up to last year's Batman Beyond Neo-Gotham and follows the story of Terry McGinnis after the spoiler alert for the last series, death of Bruce Wayne and how he is, uh, how do I want to say it, he is kind of coping and functioning as the sole Batman rather than the mentee Batman under the wing of, haha, <laughs> under the wing uh, of, of Bruce. Uh, so I just got to sit down with uh, both of the writers, uh, Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, who uh, also write the brilliant Star Trek series that I'm reading at the moment that I had no time to ask them about. They are um, fresh off DC's Gotham panel, which took place earlier today, where a bunch of the, the writers and artists from books set across the Bat family and Gotham were telling us about what they're working on at the moment, what's going on in terms of the... Uh, Night Terrors crossover that's taking place. I'll be talking to Joshua Williamson a little later this weekend and you will get to hear that. Uh, They also have the announcement of a brand new book that they're going to be working on, so you're going to get a little exclusive and hear from them about that. But what else do I want to tell you? Um, So, uh, well, let's talk about the DC booth because I'm sitting here right now in it. Uh, So on the floor down below me, there is a huge merch booth selling DC t-shirts. There's a really cool Batman, the animated series bomber jacket that I kind of want, but I don't think I can afford. There are action figures. On the other side, there are signings going on. Uh, Colin and Jackson just did a signing down there for fans, and it was absolutely rammed. There are also two very important costumes on display down at the booth. You have uh, Shola Maradona's Blue Beetle costume and Jason Momoa's slightly upgraded costume that you're going to get to see later this year in Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. We've had a good walk around the show floor. There's loads of stuff I haven't had a chance to do yet. There's a really cool Star Trek Strange New Worlds booth. I've said hi to some of the other publishers while we've been here. We've got some interviews that you'll hear in probably the next episode uh, with Boom Studios. It is all going on. But right now, I want you to focus on... Colin and Jackson and their journey with Terry McGuinness in Batman Beyond Neo-Gothic. So let's have a listen to that interview. 
So I am here in the DC booth with Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, and we are talking Batman Beyond Neo-Gothic. So how is Con going so far, guys? I saw you were signing just downstairs, so it, how has it been so far? It's been amazing. We love San Diego Comic-Con. This is our 18th show. Um, we've been coming here since we were teenagers. I sold my first comic here. Like, no. I love, this show is a very... Uh, has a rich history for both of us, yep. so it's been really lovely to come back and to announce a book and showcase neo-gothic and all of that. It's been incredible. Yeah, to have our own booth finally, to be able to kind of sell our books hand-to-hand yeah. -hand to fans, but also to be going from DC to the other companies <laughs> um, and having kind of books that are popping off everywhere has been just pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, especially this one, which is very much about comics. A San Diego yes. Comic-Con about comics. I know. Comics. For yes. once, they didn't flood us with video games and movies and stuff. It's yep. actually kind of cool. So after you guys were on for the uh, Gotham panel, it was Jim Lee who was up next, who, yeah. uh, who was doing his drawing panel, and he, he did the same thing. He was saying, it's a Comic-Con about comics. Yeah, and lovely. I'm totally stoked about that. Just yeah, me too. Give, give me all of that. So Neo-Gothic, number one dropping next week. Yep, we're almost Let's, there. Yeah, we are. I, I read it on the flight over. Oh, really? I am... Um, yeah, I don't. Want, I don't want to spoil it, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna try and keep the. Uh, I understand. Yeah. We'll spoil it. Don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do that. I, yeah. I, I, I will feel bad if I did that. Yeah. So let's let's start at the beginning. What can you tell us about this book and where we're kind of picking up with Terry now that we've moved on from the Gotham? Yes. Yeah. So this is picking up sometime later, not that long. But what we're doing, if, if Neo Gothic was about looking upwards, Neo Year. Up, yeah. Well, if Neo Year oh. <laughs> was about looking upwards into the sky, Neo Gothic very much is about looking down below. Um, we've always seen Neo Gotham as this kind of city of monoliths. Yeah. Right, like we've seen the kind of the hover cars and the skyways, but very rarely, if ever, have we really seen what is down there at the base streets. And that was the kind of fundamental question that we started with: like, what does it actually look like down mm. there? What what happens when all the dregs of this society start tumbling down, and what catches them? And that connected really nicely with where Terry was at as a character, which is the other place we always start when we come up with a yeah. book: is what can we do to take the character on an arc that feels transformative and useful, right? So obviously in New Year, that's going from being effectively Batman's apprentice and Batman's revenger to yeah. being Batman, to be to being Batman, to being in his own way, to being yeah. what, what Terry sees as Batman, which is as more of a community project and as more of a figurehead. He's not a solo man standing alone in the darkness. He's a man with a community who inspires other people, who inspires a city. And so now it was a great, how do you test that guy? Yeah. How do you test that version of Batman? And for us, that connected very beautifully to the idea of going down into the darkness because that's the thing that Batman can do that no one else can. Look into the very face of horror and still be a hero. That was Bruce's power. I don't know if that's what Terry can do. Yeah. So let's see. Let's see what happens when Terry goes into that gothic darkness, when he goes into that place that doesn't forgive him, that he goes into a place that is extremely unshway, <laughs> right? So unshway. <laughs> Where there's no technology to rely on and there's no other people. It's just him and the darkness. And let's see what that brings out in him. Um, and so Neo-Gothic is all about uh, basically every, it's, it's almost like a Dante's Inferno, right? Mm, every yeah. issue we're going deeper and deeper and deeper into the layers underneath Gotham to get to the evil that sits at its heart. See, I'm getting chills now. Hell yeah. <laughs> Off to, that's why we wrote it. <laughs> and obviously, so many fans will know Terry from the cartoons. And you made a very good point on the panel earlier where you said, you know, a lot of the comics up to kind of Neo-Gotham had tried to continue that or really live in the world of that animated series. It makes so, total sense. It, which, it, yeah, it does. But then I feel like what you guys have done with the character is really break him out of that. And part of that is obviously aging him up a little bit. Mm -hmm. But can you just talk a bit about the kind of, I guess, if there's any pressure that comes with that or how you went about just bringing him out of that and 
making him feel less like a cartoon character. I'm going to say more like a real person, but that's maybe a bit strange. But I understand that. Well, yeah. it, that, that, it, that makes it kind of sound like the animated series was infantilizing him, which it wasn't, right, or any of that. Like, I don't want to speak ill of the other comics. No, no, no. What I think is is where it really comes from 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 us, I think, is actually the opposite. I think it relieved some pressure on us to not have to do the animated series. Yes. We aren't Bruce Tim. Yeah. We, we, we have a different take on this character. And generally where Colin and I come from, where, because we're, you know, as, a, as like a hive mind writing duo, because we do everything together and have since we were teenagers, right? Part of the premise of any book we do is it has to come out of a conversation where the two of us both love it. Yeah. And we both find something that's deeply interesting to both of our artistic sensibilities. For Terry, just doing your uh, doing Batman Beyond, we probably would have argued for days just about what part of Batman Beyond are we going to play with? Which yeah. character? Are we going to do a Blight story? Are we going to do an Ink story? <laughs> yes. How are we going to get Spellbinder? Whatever. <laughs> and for us, it was actually really important for us to say, okay, none of that. Yep. New characters. New moments. New threat. And once we came across the living Gotham, which was our sort of our villain in Neo Gear, yeah. the, the sentient living Gotham City sort of Y2K take, once we figured that out, and we knew that we had that, then it really gave us permission to say, okay, this isn't us trying to do a cover version of the animated series. Yeah. It lets us, it lets it be a hive mind book. It yeah. lets it be a book that we get to build. And then if people love it or hate it, they love it or hate it on its own merits, not because <laughs> it is doing the comic or, or doing the animated series or not. But what we will say is, and we were just having this discussion, was very interesting. Um, DC fans are excited for new. Yes. Yeah. Right? Like they've have you can read a thousand Batman stories because every one is going to be a new take on that character. Yeah. Bringing that energy to it and, and showing a new light to it. So we found the reception to being to Batman Beyond being wonderful. Yeah. Because yeah. people are like that this doesn't invalidate the animated series or the other series that we love. Not at all. Yeah. It hopefully it enhances it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh yeah, we found we found the fans really responding well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a beautiful place to tell stories. I think you could see that in the room earlier today as well, when you, you know when you guys were kind of thanking the fans for the fact that we're, we're, you know, we're back with another series. It's because people went out and they read it and they enjoyed it and they loved it. Absolutely. I mean, look, it, Neo Year only happened because they asked us to do 30 pages of Batman Beyond in Batman Urban Legends number five or something. <laughs> Seven. Seven, yeah. <laughs> and, we, we, uh, and we turned in this pitch that was like, Bruce dies on page one. Here's going to be the, and, and, and he deals with living Gotham, and then Terry understands living Gotham, and ultimately has to make the very Batman choice of letting it live. Yeah. And we said, and then it could be a series, but like, that's the story. And our editor called us up and said, okay, well, you guys just got yourself six issues <laughs> of a book, because that's an amazing kickoff, so now you have a seven-issue series, rather than this like one, one-off shot. And that's because there just was a hunger at DC to mm -hmm. do something new and to do something different, and, and have the fans show up and and back that play at every level has just been super gratifying. We're, we're very thankful. I had to, I, in my mind, it, it took me a while to figure it out, but it's 25 years yeah. since we first met Terry as well. Yeah. That's, that that's, time he grew up a little bit, right? Yeah, he, he definitely did grow up a little bit in that time. <laughs> but what, so, so did all of us. Right? Well, yeah, 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 exactly. We've been through some stuff in the last, yeah, you know, 25 years. Exactly. Um, but, you, you know, he's become so enduring as a character and often you know you see other characters might take over as Batman for a little while they'll be there for a few issues then they'll they'll drop away or you know they will replace and yet with Terry this character is stuck around and will stick around for, for you know for another 25 more years I think so what what do you think it is about the character that people have kind of connected with so much so for me I can only speak for yeah, what, yeah, what, what what connects me to Terry but I think one of the things I love about him is that he is um Bruce Wayne is a guy who was given everything. Yes. 
and who took all of that and understanding that that privilege was something that he could misuse, turned it into something that he could use for the betterment of Gotham and also to, to quell his personal demons. That's a very relatable story for somebody who comes up rich or who comes up with a, with a, with a, um, a legacy or comes up with a family name or comes up yeah. with any of that stuff or comes up with, with tragedy in their past. Terry McGinnis is a poor kid trying to do his best in a world that is mean and harsh. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have a lot of friends. He doesn't have a lot of um, community around him. Uh, he has a stint in juvie. Yeah. Um, he has a, a spotted past. He's kind of a risk taker. As he's a kind of a screw up. <laughs> he's kind of a screw up. And as a character, I think the idea that that that, uh, that after all his whole life, Bruce Wayne finds that kid yeah. and sees in him the potential not to be the Batman that Bruce made, but to be a new kind of Batman, to be a Batman who's able to actually step further than Bruce ever was, even though he's such a diamond in the rough, right? It's like that Aladdin thing. Yeah. I just think is so powerful. I think it lets, it, it, it's the best kind of self-insert where it allows the audience to imagine how could I become Batman? Yes. Yeah. And that part of it, like you can relate to Terry in a way that you cannot relate to Bruce. Um, I, Raphael Grandpa, who was on the, yes. the thing, right? So Gargoyle of Gotham, his new Batman thing, oh, I, which I, I don't, I don't, I don't need to promote that. It's going to be amazing. But, but the reason I bring it up is uh, his inciting incident is what if Batman killed off Bruce Wayne? Yeah. Because Bruce Wayne is essentially vestigial to Batman, which I agree with. Terry McGinnis is not vestigial to Batman. Yeah. Terry McGinnis is important to Terry McGinnis, and in fact, that's the premise of Neo Gothic is. What does it mean now that Batman has taken over Terry McGinnis' life a little bit? Sorry, that was me talking about Terry McGinnis a lot. You should give your answer. <laughs> I apologize. I like him because he's me. He's angry. Yeah. No, I mean, genuinely everything that Jack said. Um, but I do think it's cool because he's not a genius like Tim Drake, right? He's not the super suavest person like Dick Grayson. You know, he's got a lot more Jason Todd in him, who is the best Robin. Um, but I mean, that's <laughs> we'll the fight thing. Later. Like, he's, 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 he's angry. He's a troubled kid, and he lives this life that we can all get excited about. But the truth of the matter is, with enough focus and dedication, any of us could be Batman. Yeah, absolutely. And he's also funny. He's also funny. He's yeah, also funny. It's, yeah. it's a fun thing when you're writing him because you have to remember that the thing you have to do, unlike a Batman book, like a normal Batman book, is this Batman has to quip. He doesn't have to quip a lot, but he does have to quip if he's going to be Terry. And it's like yeah. it's important. It's a weird part of it. Yeah. Okay, that is it for our time. So thank you guys so much. Best of luck with the book. I can't wait for people to read it when it is out next week. Thank you next so week. much. Thank really you. appreciate it. Thank you again to the guys. And just when we thought we had run out of time, we actually had a little bit more time with them and I was able to talk to them about their new book, which is going to be launching later this year. We don't know the exact date yet. They weren't allowed to say. Uh, and this book is called Outsiders. Not The Outsiders, which would be very familiar to DC fans, but Outsiders. It's a slightly new take on a classic DC team. But who better to explain it to you than, than the guys themselves? So let's go back to them and just hear a little bit more about what it is that they're cooking up at the moment. Okay. Oh, no pressure. <laughs> so, you also announced another book we did. today, we did. which is coming later this year. Yep. Outsiders. Yeah. Tell me about it. Outsiders is a dream project for us. It is a 12-issue maxi-series of effectively one-shots, each of them digging into some interesting, uh, forgotten part of the DC 
universe or its lore or its history or its multiverse or its future or a crisis. We're taking basically 12 of the things that we have obsessed about as uh, creators and as DC fans for a long time and wrapping a story around them utilizing uh, Luke Fox and uh, Kate Kane but not really in their Batwing and Batwoman personas, but kind of in their civilian personas as they take a a beat away from Gotham in the event, in in the aftermath of Gotham War. Yeah. Taking a beat away from Gotham to try to solve problems in a different way. It's a book that isn't about punching. It's a book that's about understanding. It's it's like a Star Trek for the DC universe, um, effectively, but without the space part of it. (laughs) It's Star Trek, but they're exploring the universe and the multiverse. it is, uh, it's comic book archaeology writ large for 12 issues at DC with the art of the incredible Irish artist Robert Carey, mm. who is a, like, uh, most people have not been exposed to his art yet. I cannot wait for people to see what he's doing. It is unbelievable. Like, we, we really, showed off. We got that really lucky thing where it's like, you get an artist right before they're absolutely huge, and yeah. you know that, like, through the crafting of the art with them, you're going to get to be there for every step of their journey. When That's we are crazy. done with this book, everyone is going to know <laughs> Rob's name. Yeah, hold on to him. Hold on to him. Yeah. Oh, oh we, 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 we that's what we do. We, you, you build these rosters and you know you have these incredible collaborators and then you do the, the Tom King, Mitch Gerard's thing where you're like, <laughs> and now we're best friends and we never, we never do anything again. Like, exactly how we are. Yeah. Now that name does obviously come with a lot of history. Yeah. Uh, and you did touch on this in the panel earlier. Yep. Uh, can you talk a bit about using that name and what, how that might tie to what people's expectations might be from a, from a book yes, called Outsiders? And, and that's been a big question for us. You know, like honestly, the title of this book has been something that we really wrestled with for a long time. Yep. Um, and the first I, pitch of this book was not called Outsiders. And like honestly, I love the Outsiders. I think Jed Winnick's run mm. is like some of the coolest stuff. That's where I love Arsenal and, and Dick Grayson. Like those are my boys. So it was a certain question of, can we take this title and still do it justice? And the thing about the Outsiders is, yes, they've existed in a lot of different formats, but the point is always they are outside of what the traditional expectation is. Like, this is not a secret Bruce Wayne mission. They are not the Black Ops team of Batman. This is something brand new. But when we landed on the title, we were just, God, we were working so hard. We were like, Outsiders, and it just fits. Because that is what they are. Luke is starting something new. He is using his money to do something new. He is an outsider to the Bat family now. Kate has always been a little bit of an outsider, uh, detective notwithstanding. Has really had, like, has always sort of been a a, a misfit among that community a little bit. And taking these two and saying, what happens when we let them, rather than having their outsider nature be a weakness, have the outsider nature be a strength. Have them own it. Have them like accept it. And there's a, so there's a moment in issue one. And that's how we knew it had to be the title, where we got to the moment and we were like, oh, this is the part where he says we're the outsiders. Okay. And it was like, yeah. oh, wait, they have to be. That's <laughs> yeah. what they are. Even though that's not what the title normally means. And I know people are going to be mad that like Metamorpho's not there. Yeah. But we genuinely, that's kind of also why I want to say like we're only doing twelve. Because yeah. like I'm not, we're not trying to change the meaning of outsiders forever, right? We're trying to, because it's also not called The Outsiders. Yes. It's just called Outsiders. Outsiders, yeah. It's its own thing. We're doing our own little bit. And if you really, really hate the fact that, like, Geoforce isn't there, I get it. (laughs) It'll give us a year on this. And then you can do whatever you want over there. But this, for this one year, we're going to be doing a very personal fulfillment book. Like, it's a book we have wanted to write and thought was impossible to write for many, many years. And when we, when we did the pitch, that's actually the, 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 Really, the best way I can sell this book is 
when we went to Ben Abernathy, the executive editor at DC and the guy who's sort of in charge of greenlighting this stuff, when we went in with this pitch, we said, um, we have the pitch, and then we have the backup pitch, and then we have the backup pitch. Because, <laughs> because, because we know that the, the first pitch will get killed, and the second pitch will get killed, and we'll, we'll do this third one that's, that's pretty simple, and it's basically like Agents of the Bat. And we were like, cool, we'll get to Agents of the Bat. And we got halfway through our first pitch, and Ben cut us off. And he said, you're, you're pitching me like a, like a comic book archaeology book. And we said, yeah. And he was like, I've been waiting for this for decades. Let's wow. go. And he literally, like, we didn't even pitch the other two. There was, was no better like, endorsement than that. Nope. He was, he was literally just like, let's go. That's the book. And, has, and, 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 and DC has basically just paved the way for us to do the, like, these very different kinds of stories. Stories that normally you could not tell in a mainstream superhero comic book. Um, and uh, I really just feel like a dream come true. We're pinching ourselves. And, and honestly, the biggest challenge has just been the title. <laughs> yep. Honestly, so it's hopefully, been a huge part hopefully of it. people see it. They get excited by the covers. Yeah. They can see they see the art. They get excited. It's a different kind of outsiders, uh, but we guarantee it is going to be worth everyone's while. Yeah, <laughs> we got the we got the approval of the second issue while we were signing like five minutes ago, and I was like, <sighs> we turned in issue two, and I was like, they're going to kill this. They're going to kill the whole book. This issue is too weird. <laughs> they're going to like they're, it's just they're not going to accept this. And then we just like they literally said a thing that was like, no notes. Amazing. Love this. Made Amazing. Me cry. I was like. <laughs> Yes, um, like that's that's how we feel at DC right now. It's it's sort oh. of we're, we're we're like daring them to stop us, and that's, no one's stopping us. It's that's wonderful. amazing. Uh, so remind us when is issue one? We don't know. Or? December, Ooh. I think. Do we know? Do we have a street date for Outsiders one yet? Oh, yeah, no. okay. Later yeah. this year it is. Yeah, later this year. Okay, can't wait to read it. Best yeah. of luck. Right. Thank you so much. Thanks thank so much. you. So I have to say a very big thank you to DC, to Colin, and to Jackson for uh for giving us this time you can also check out uh, the video version of our interview over on our youtube channel at the moment so go check that out give it a watch give it a thumbs up and subscribe and check back very soon for even more action from san diego comic-con the race to 100 is is nearly done see you next time bye